Welcome to the Everything Aviation Podcast. My name is Mikey, I'm a private pilot and a manager with a well-known airline. On this podcast, I'll be talking to pilots, cabin crew, engineers and everyone else in between. This week, I've got a friend of mine called Keen on. He's a skydiver and likes to jump out of airplanes for fun. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Keen, it's good to see you or hear from you. How are you doing? How are you, Mikey? Yeah, not bad, Keen, not bad. It's, it's it's nice to finally get a podcast going about aviation that I think everyone in everyone in aviation can can have a can have a go of um or listen to. Um so just a quick introduction of, of Keen. Keen is a skydiver. Um he basically chose himself out of airplanes for fun. Perfectly good ones. Uh, Keen has been skydiving as far as I can remember. We went uh, went to school together different years, but went to school together. Um, and Keen has been I've brought up around the Irish Parachute Club. Keen's been jumping there, and then he got himself in with the Defence Forces. So yeah, Keen, tell us a bit about how you got into skydiving. Well, when I was younger, I always had a fascination for the military, and and then I realised that you know it was kind of something. I could try and do as a career, like. So, anyways, I started skydiving in 2015, and uh, at the time, so was uh, younger son of the jumping. Yeah, it's been long years, to be honest, in Irish weather. Uh, so I've had a jump, hundred and eight jumps as of Saturday past. Um, but yeah, it's. One trying to put the world like take all my money and couldn't care less about it, you know. <laughs> so, uh, did ground school for eight hours. Um, I had to wait a week because of bad weather to do my first actual jump. Uh, and did you do? Did you do so the accelerated free fall or did you do the uh, static line option for for first time jumpers? Uh, the static line okay. option, yeah. Just a student and broke. Yeah, <laughs> I was pretty much it. I had to wait a week anyway before my uh, my first actual jump after ground school, and I was full of adrenaline. Didn't, I was just getting me out of the plane already. Like. So, uh, yeah, I got out of the plane. I was on 3,200 feet, and you climb out onto the, the aircraft, and you basically look in, and your jump faster basically goes go, and you just let go of the, the strut. And you just basically fumbled. And it was uh it was sensational. It was unreal so it was. Second jump, same thing, get on the strut. I was shitting it. <laughs> you know, I was uh I, I knew what could happen and what could go wrong, like so I was kinda like obviously you're not gonna be thinking about that, like I was a bit hesitant. Looked in, dressed for said go. I was like, I actually don't want to be here. <laughs> he says, Go. I just I let go of the plane and yeah, it was uh, very interesting. So I did around six, seven jumps on static. So um, the first three static lines are basically just regular static lines. So you just literally, you don't have to think about much. You just climb out onto the, onto the strut, just let go, and that's it. And then the, the fourth, fifth, and sixth ones are the called DRPs, which is a dummy ripcord pull, and basically you're given this like plastic dummy kind of ripcord thing to, op- to simulate opening the actual parachute itself, 
and basically you go through a few drills, you get briefed on it, on how to basically pull a parachute, basically. And so, yeah, you just do that three times. Now, I did fail. I failed it once, so that led that I had to do a, an extra one. You have to do three in a row, and they have to be successful. And But also on the last one, the third or the sixth um, static line jump, which is, should be your third uh, DRB. Within 24 hours, you have to do your first free fall, which is a three-second free fall. Play. And now that was fine. Now, in Ireland, you just have to hope for the best with the weather, to be honest. You know, because if you, if you fail the last one, you don't get your first like, free fall, then you have to do it all over again. Like, so I'm, <laughs> I know a few people who've, who've been down there, and uh, it's just money-consuming is all it is. But... Uh, it seems well, like it's a hobby with a constant enough. bill involved. Yeah, <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, no, I was, I was fortunate enough. Now I did my, yeah, uh, my fourth DRP one, and um, yeah, I got my first free fall there within twenty four hours. So I was in the same weekend, and yeah, so then it goes from three second delay to five second delay, and then ten and fifteen, and around fifteen you do. Two or I think it's two fifteen second free falls, and the first one is just you're counting your head like I think it's um, fifteen seconds or something like that. Like, and after that, you're actually using your altimeter, so it's kind of like a progression kind of thing. But then after the fifteen seconds with the altimeter, you actually start using the um, it's just altimeter all then stop counting like they do say like 20 seconds free fall delay and all this just basically using your altimeter and 20 seconds is around when you start hitting terminal velocity as well which is a it's a strange sensation now especially when you're falling it's it's, yeah it's it's very difficult to describe but just just for people who who wouldn't know what terminal velocity is terminal velocity is uh, effectively the speed the human body can go and can't really go any faster than that, so it would be your maximum fall rate, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's... Now, I mean, you can go a bit faster, but it all depends on your body angle as well. Like, like if you're going head down, like, you'd be practically a missile, like, you know, but if you, like, try and, like, de-arch more, so if you try and catch more air, basically, you'll, you'll go slower, like, which is... Uh, yeah, it's really strange because you can feel all these different like speeds and stuff when you're in the sky falling. Like, and not just by looking at your altimeter go down, but like you can actually like physically feel it as well. It's very strange. Yeah. So um, yeah, but then after after the twenty seconds, you just basically you go do um, it's just a progression all the way to full out full altitude, which is thirty thousand feet. And so it's like uh, 20 seconds, 25 seconds, 30 seconds. And then at that stage, you just, you should be at altitude by then. Like, then for your final two jumps, you have to do a hop and pop. A hop and pop is basically literally the aircraft is at a lower altitude. So it would be, the first one was 4,500 feet. You basically just jump out of the aircraft, you count three seconds in your head, and then you pull the parachute. So you're open it and the second one I did was a 2500 foot hop and pop now I believe I was the last person to do this one because safety rules and regulations actually came in where you were actually meant to it went up to 3500 feet in 
instead of two and a half. So, um, but yeah, I did a dive exit on the two and a half, which uh, was kind of fun. Like it was, it was very low to do a dive exit on, but it was very fun on all the same. <laughs> I was going to say like so, two and a half thousand yeah. feet is is quite low. That that's about from exit to impact. It's about twelve seconds, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you don't have a lot of a uh, lot of time to think up there. Anyways, you jump out, open your parachute, and then you're practically on the ground. <laughs> you, you remind me of a, of Tom Cruise and Top Gun. There, if you think you're dead, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, then um, so that's basically that was the first. Uh, and all them jumps kind of take about twenty five. To 30 jumps, so that'll be after that, then you get your A license practically now. And then, training wise, probably my favorite jump was the unstable exit. It was uh, very strange. It was a very strange. So, basically, the, the whole concept is, is basically if you were like, if you like fell out with a plane or you were unstable on exit back, and so you can actually like recorrect your body position so that you're falling stable. And the way they do it is you sit on the door of the aircraft and you have one foot on your other knee and then you basically grab one hand and put your hand at the back of your head. So your body's all like, oh, it's, it's all over the place. Like, so you fall out and then you do tumble, twists and spins and you go everywhere. Like you, All you see is green, blue, green, blue, green, blue. And then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, after eight, ten seconds, they basically tell you to just arch. Arch as hard as you can, and then you'll get back into your stable free fall position. So it was a very exciting jump. Yeah, I still remember that. Even if I do a couple of solos now, even a hundred jumps later, I'm like, oh, I think I might do it on stable exit. Yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> so it's, uh, Brilliant. It's and then, once you've done all them 25 jumps, you're then basically a certified meat bomb. Yeah, practically, yes. Now, you are a solo skydiver at this stage, so after the 25 jumps, you do a, um, it's basically a, a course. It's called the six jump course. Basically, what it does is, what it entails is that it gets you to a safe um kind of a safe environment where you're able to jump with other skydivers. So what actually happens is you pay for the instructor, basically go up with you and basically teach you different tricks like how to dock exit. So you're grabbing onto each other while you exit, do a dive exit, you do a three second delay exit as well. Um, and basically you do a bit of keying as well. So you're standing at the door and you're prepping, you're saying, and on the third, or on the second out, you just basically both go at the same time. So he's going through all that with you, and uh, yeah, so that that's around six jumps now. Before I actually started the six jump course, or just as I applied for it and went for it, I was actually recommended to do um, the six jump with different instructors, just for the main reason that like you get a bit more experience. Because if you're jumping with the same instructor, you kind of learn his routine, like one or two jumps, you know, and then. You know, he could be the same build and the same weight as you. So you won't really be learning, like, how to catch up with him. You know, how to, like, slow down to basically go back up to his height or anything. So I had I had six different instructors. And, like, 
heavy, not heavy, like, I mean, there were some there that would just drop and I'd have to dive after them. And there were some there that were just lighter than me and just floated up and I'd have to go back up to them. And it was very, very educational, like, and, yeah. But then after the six jump course, you basically get certified to jump with other skydivers. Now, uh, they do recommend starting with, like, maybe two-way or three-way. I think the first one I did was maybe a six or seven way. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> only was, you, only you. Yeah, it, it was purely just like, you know, oh yes, I'm certified, let's go jumping together. <laughs> Thank you. You know, so it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was enjoyable though. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. And then after all that, um, you're, you're basically just let go by yourself like the possibilities are, are endless you can you can get into to wingsuiting which is like the squirrels that you see um, flying squirrels um, and you can also look at doing world records like jumping in groups of, of hundreds I think the, the world record at the yeah. moment is still standing at, at 400 yeah I think it's somewhere I'm not too sure now what the world record but I think it's around the 400 mark anyways uh, yeah I mean it's just Possibilities are endless, to be honest. Like, there's a uh, the first kind of major thing that everyone kind of aims for after they complete like their basic like course is um, a camera. That's actually the one thing I'm working on. To you have to have on the Irish Drop Zone, you have to have um, 200 jumps before you can use a camera. Like, so you go through a course and everything. And, you know, it's uh, it's very good. Like, so I'm 92 jumps off. And, looking forward to it completely like because then you start like recording the things you've done and you know you can, I mean you can kind of put things on Facebook <laughs> you know but uh yeah I mean it's it's the first kind of key milestone after your whole like you know your course and your 100 jump you know the 200 jump marker is basically your camera and after that is um you can do wingsuiting I believe it is after 300 jumps um, it's either 200 jumps within 18 months of yeah of start skydiving, or it's 300 jumps altogether. I don't, I'm not too sure about that now, but the last time I checked, it was 300 jumps. Now it could have changed. But yeah, then after that, I mean, you can just basically there's a lot of different disciplines. There's like formation flying, which is probably the most common one, and there's free fall or free flying. Sorry, it's um basically throwing shapes in the air so you could be sitting up or you could be head down or you could be like doing barrel rolls or anything like it's crazy sort of some of the things on YouTube I've seen are just very impressive mm. you know, very impressive then there's there's other things like the crew which is canopy related work so it's purely you just get out and you basically do formations of other people under canopy like you know, which is there's a bit of extra danger involved because I mean the canopy is there to bring you to earth safely if you're going over to other people like wrapping your feet around their lines and stuff I mean you know recipe for disaster but you know I mean organised chaos <laughs> yeah, yeah you know it's fun though it's fun then there's uh, swooping as well which is a very um it's a very interesting discipline. Uh, swooping is basically you're coming in. You've, these now these would be very professional now. They come in with 
small enough canopies and they'd be basically skimming along water or like grass or something and they'd have to like pick a point to land on and everything it's very technical but it's very dangerous probably the most dangerous discipline in the the whole of skydiving to be honest yeah it's, it's, you know, it sounds it like yeah so, yeah it's uh it's high speed towards the ground hmm yeah. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, sounds fun. I, 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 like, you, you talk about the dangers of this sport and everything. Um, just just tell us a bit about the, the safety measures that, that you guys have um, in, in the sport. So, yeah, I mean, safety measures, I mean, it all starts on the aircraft. Okay? Well, actually, not even that. It all starts on the ground. Before you even go to the aircraft, you have to know what you're doing first. I, I mean, you have to have a plan. In action, like if so, if you're doing a solo, you have to know what you're doing. Even if you're just on your own, you have to know, like, if you're going to do a backflip, a front flip, you know, whatever, like, if you're going to do a dive exit, whatever. But if you're doing a two way, three way, you have to know what you're at, you have to know what height you're pulling at as well. Um, then, like, you get geared up, and you have to get do a safety check with everyone. So you just go up to another, another person on your load and you just ask them. Or would you give me a safety check there? And he'll check your harness, your rig, your uh, pin, your helmet, your alti, all this sort of stuff, like you know, standard stuff you need, like, you know. Then um, you'll go to the aircraft, so you'll wait for the aircraft to park up, obviously, you know, I mean, you can't run in front of an aircraft, you know. So <laughs> uh, that's a recipe for disaster, you know. You know? But um, so you just wait in the waiting area, the aircraft will park up, you hop onto the aircraft, and below a thousand feet, you have to wear a seatbelt. There's no question about it, like, you have to wear a seatbelt. So, after, it's all got to do with safety, everything like that, like, which is understandable. I mean, you know, it's put in place for a reason. So, seatbelts to a thousand feet, and after that, you basically take off the seatbelts after that, and you just basically wait it out until you get the full altitude, which is 10,000, 13,000 feet, depending on the day. And on exit, there's uh, you'll have different groups, so you have different groups exiting. Like from, you could have the formation group starting off, then it goes all the way to like solos that tandem up their last. Um, so basically, when the first group exits, you uh, yeah, you give it eight seconds. Well, it depends now on the weather, but generally it's around seven. That's the work. You don't want to wait too long. Like, around the seven to ten seconds anyways so you wait you basically are waiting at the door the first group goes wait seven to ten seconds and then you go after them and so yeah i mean there's a lot of safety measures then coming coming to land now after after opening your canopy and coming into land it's the lowest person is the right way so i mean it could be a foot or two below you they still have the right way so they have they basically land first, or whoever's the smallest canopy, you know, because they're gonna they're gonna have less drags. So they're gonna get them up, down to the ground faster. So yeah, and then you know when you're coming into land, you have to look all around you. The like, the landing zone is big enough, but you know people tend to flock towards like other people, which is you know it's kind of like if someone lands here, you're saying okay, I'll avoid that. But you end up landing like close enough to them, which is, you know it's generally how it goes like but yeah i mean there's there's a lot of safety 
rules and regulations, everything. Like, there's no, you can't go over the runway above a thousand feet. Or no, sorry, below a thousand feet when you're under canopy. Like, you know, obviously for obvious fact that the aircraft is coming into land. Like, so um, but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff there to basically be safe in the sky and to basically enjoy yourself. It, it 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 it's good it's good to see because it is quite like anything to do in in aviation really is quite quite a dangerous sport um if but if done right and controlled right um if for instance another sa- safety measure I, I believe you guys have a little kind of uh, explosive computer um built into the canopies uh, known as the Cypress which will uh, should you you probably know more tell us about that yeah, oh, the the Cypress itself is actually it's a uh, it's a brand so it's one type, like there's Mars, there's Vigil, um, but they're actually called AADs, which are automatic activation devices. So in in the event of a high-speed collision, while you're in free fall, or, you know, if something could happen, like if two skydivers come in, they bump heads off each other in the sky, and they both get unconscious, and no one can get to them, what actually happens is that uh, the um, AAD actually will arm itself at 1500 feet and basically it'll arm itself and I believe it's for students it'll fire off so basically it'll basically detonate and it'll cut the reserve line so it opens the reserve canopy for students I believe it's a thousand feet and for experts or professionals it's 750 feet so just that, you know, they're not hitting the ground at terminal velocity. Like, I mean, they have some chance of survival. Like, yeah, it's, a, it's the only electronic equipment actually in the parachute itself. Everything else is all like fabric. Or uh, it's all kind of like you pack it yourself, you know, and it's, you know, I mean, they're made to open as well. So, but yeah, for that, Cypress now, personally for myself, I've never seen it been used on the Irish drop zone. I've heard stories of it being used in other drop zones, but it's never happened in the Irish one. Well, to my knowledge, anyways. So, um, I, I, I remember a, a story of, uh, I can't remember where in the world it was, um, some, somewhere where they bust out loads of jumps every every like week or so, and uh, they got to altitude anyway, and the um, cloud wasn't too right, so they came back down, there was a, a Pilatus Porter involved, which is, is known for its quite fast descents, um, and I, I remember hearing this story of this plane descending quite quickly, as it does with ten people in the back and ten people's Cypresses fired, and they all ended up with reserve shoots in their laps uh, on the way down. Yeah, that, uh, that has happened numerous times, all right. The pilot just forgets that. Oh, yeah, there's there's actually people back there, you know, because he thinks he goes up to altitude. Yeah, see you later. I'll see you on the ground in two seconds there. But no, he uh, just came down too fast, and all the Cypresses, they... They just fired, and basically all the reserve packages opened, so it was, uh... And then, um, you decided to join the Defence Forces, um, and they've got a display team, quite a good display team, called the Black Knights, and you've actually done a few jumps with these guys out of helicopters. I have, yes, uh, very interesting. I joined the Defence Force, the Reserve Defence Forces, in, uh, 2017, so now... For the first few months or so, I mean, I was on a, a two-star private, so you're, not, you're very limited as to what you can do. But as soon as I did the three-star course, 
Um, you know, basically there was a lot of things that all up. He got in contact the officer that was actually in charge of the uh, display team itself, and so there's around. I think I believe there's, there's a few of them. Not everyone on the actual team itself or actual like defense forces parachute club is actually uh, display qualified. There's a few people that are new enough there, and you know, like myself, like. And um, yeah, so basically, how it was was uh, we just basically um, it was we're upon a detail at the start of the year, so there's just basically a list of names who is basically able to jump with the defense forces. So I think we were waiting a couple of months. Uh, March, I believe, was when I did the first jump with the defense forces, and March 2019. So, um, yeah, I basically went for the first day, it was, I, I think actually the first day was a washout of the two days we decided, it's Tuesday and Wednesday, I believe, and the first day, the Tuesday was actually a washout, there was no jumping at all, but the Wednesday, actually the weather picked up the next day, and so we were basically jumping. So, um, we all met at the Irish Parachute Club, and yeah, then the helicopter, we went an hour or two before the helicopter actually arrived, the Bus to West at 139. And, um, yeah, so then they basically brought us through a safety briefing and, you know, what to kind of, like, not do while in the aircraft, and what not to jump on, step on, anything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a strange thing because, like, I was so used to aircraft, like, fixed wings. And so you kind of, like, go down the runway at a speed, and then you take off, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, we're off the ground now. So you sit in the helicopter, and it just lifts up, and they're like, oh, we're already off. Oh, okay. Right. And then it basically, it does the flight pattern, but the whole way up to altitude. And you're like, that was very strange, you know, because you'd be, I'd be so used to, like, in the aircraft, going, like, maybe three, four miles out, and then doing a big, basically, like, a circuit, like, and come, keep going up to altitude, and I take them up. 10 15 minutes was in the helicopter straight up and you're there probably for the next 10 minutes like and yeah it's a very interesting interesting sensation and even at that like jumping over an heli helicopter as well like when you when you jump over a plane you're kind of like there's a forward speed you get the prop blast as well so when you jump out you're kind of like pushed back a little because of the prop blast However, with a helicopter, it's, uh, yeah, you kind of jump out, but you, the prop blast is downward. So you kind of jump out, and then you're, like, forced downward. And it's like, what's going on here? Like, you know, it's, it's very strange, very strange. So I have, uh, have four jumps with the defense forces, and one off to get my wings. So we'll uh, we get there eventually. <laughs> you know, so, uh, it all depends. So, yeah. And now with that, what would you prefer jumping out of, helicopters or airplanes? That's a tough question. Because uh, I, I would imagine that there, there's big things to look into, like even jumping different airplanes, like between a Pilatus Porter and a Pac 750XL, they're, they're, the doors are on different sides, there's a bigger airplane, um, some could have bigger engines which create bigger prop wash and different speeds. Um, bigger, yeah, every, everything's just, just different on the aircraft, the same, same with, a, with a helicopter. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's all really, like, 
to be honest, it's all really personal preference. Like, I mean, I mean, I, I absolutely am fascinated and love helicopters. You know, so I'm, you know, I, I'm just gonna have to say, like, I mean, I would prefer to jump out of a helicopter. You know, <laughs> but um, like the air, the airplane itself, like, is absolutely like, I mean, the airplane, like, they can carry more people. In general, like, I mean, you see some Russian helicopters and they carry, like, 200 people. That's just mental, like, you know. Um, yeah, like, just helicopters, there's just a lot less people, but it's just it's just a completely different sensation. You know, I mean, you're just basically hovering in one spot and you're kind of like, okay, what's, what's going on here? Like, you know, I should have some forward momentum, you know, but... Yeah, you just basically jump out or fall out, like, whatever way you want to do it. Like, with aircrafts, you kind of, like, have to jump out to avoid hitting the door, you know, the back end of the door, like, or even, like, the rear wing, but, you know. I think that you can, it, it, stuff very rarely goes wrong in, um, it's the yeah. same, same, same with anything in aviation, really, stuff, stuff very rarely goes wrong, um, it's it's definitely a sport. I think everyone should should try at least once. Um, I was I was brought up around the drop zone. Um, tried it, wasn't wasn't for me. Um, got more of a buzz staying in the airplane. But I was I was the the Irish Pressure Club's gear manager for for a while and did ground crew with them and stuff. So you know I've I've seen it and majority of the time you get people on adrenaline highs and everything is just it's probably one of the best things they've they've ever done. Um. I got my uh, last time I jumped this year was in January, and I got my. We started back open there um, Saturday, just passed, and I got my first jump there. Anyways, and my God, I've you know the whole buzz and everything just came back, and I was like, "Get me up again!" Like you know, so oh, I was unreal. Like you know, it was good to be back. It is good to be back. That's brilliant. So, what would be the most, what would be your best and most memorable jump that you've done? Oh, Jesus. Um, probably a 10-way track, actually. Uh, I had no tracking experience at all. So basically, you get out of the aircraft, and you're basically trying to like, you fly across the sky without a wingsuit. So it's as much horizontal um, distance you can travel, kind of. And there's a certain body position you kind of do to uh, get into that sweet spot. Okay, yeah, grand. So they got me out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I could see everyone below. Like, I was a good, uh, probably a thousand, two thousand feet above them. Like, I could see everyone there. And they were just all doing And it was unreal. Just look at from the, like, a bird's eye view was absolutely amazing like oh, i'd never forget it like and uh yeah it's probably my one of my memorable ones anyways Brilliant. so um <laughs> and what been, what are your plans or goals now to accomplish in in the sport of, of skydiving um coming up and whenever well, my next goal uh is 200 jumps i just i just really want to get a camera you know just so i can kind of kind of relive the things that I've done and, you know, it'll be a bit more, you get a bit more involved in the sport then, you know, you kind of like do like formation jumps and then you record them and, you know, you kind of have the memories there as well instead of trying to remember everything in your head, like, you know. Um, 
Well, after that, like, there's a few things I would love to try in the actual sport itself. Um, one of them is sky surfing. Now, it's basically you're surfing with a surfboard, but it's made for skydiving. Now, it's a, it's a dying discipline. I mean, I can't say I know a lot of people doing it at all. There's, there's probably, I'd say, 10% of the whole skydiving population that do it. Like, it's very rare. Um, but after that, like, I'd love to do swooping. You know, I mean, just something about the speed and coming into the ground and, you know, like, flicking up at, right at the last second and then just skimming the water and stuff. It's just something about it. Like, I'd love to try um, free-flying as well, actually. So that's that's probably my next one. I'll probably do that within the next 100 jumps or so. Like, start getting out a briefing on it and you know, start doing an actual like free flying course and stuff like this but then um, yeah it's just there's there's too much things to do and you know, it, not it's all almost a sport to... that you it's it's like flying it's a sport you you cannot complete and you're always learning and everything is a it's always in a a, a school day is to say yeah yeah i mean every day like you learn something new every day you go up like i mean no no jump is ever the same and that's kind of like what kind of makes the sport as well. I mean, you know, like you, you jump with a group of people, you know, you might jump with a different group of people the next time. And what you did with the first group of people, so if it's a three-way or something, you could be doing like 360s and, you know, like maybe docking or docking, stuff like this. Like, then the next one, you could be just basically having the crack. Like, you know, you could be uh, doing a donut or like, you know, a, uh, sashes or something like out the door like you know you could be doing anything uh, but no two jumps are ever the same and like no view is ever the same like the clouds up there are just changing the whole time you could, get, you could go up there and you could have no clouds or you could go up there and you could have the biggest white fluffiest clouds ever like you know and yeah I mean you can't land on clouds you go straight through them so sorry for anyone who has a you know, a dream of landing on clouds or something, but no, you can't. You just go straight through them. Yeah, so... <laughs> just kind of makes the uh, Garda air support uh, none and void there. They can't pull you over onto the next cloud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I just debunked that myth anyway, so, you know, it's... Uh... Well, Keen, thank you very much for, for chatting to, to All Things Aviation Podcast today. Um... It's been been a pleasure having you on, and it's it's a great insight to a uh, to a side of aviation that that most people wouldn't uh, wouldn't usually see or wouldn't usually experience. So it's uh, it's just, it's quite good been talking to you. Yeah, perfect. Well, thanks very much for having me. Anyway, no worries at all. Talk to you soon. <laughs> yeah, catch you later.